0: Hi, this is Dr. Doug Pucci, and today we'll be mapping the morning routines on the 15-minute matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important, not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Doug Pucci. Dr. Doug Pucci is passionate about service and leads from the front lines of medicine, breaking down his insights into caring for patients. Known as a top doctor in functional medicine, Dr. Pucci and his team at Pucci Wellness combine an integrative holistic approach with the appropriate functional lab tests. Their unique approach recognizes that lasting health depends on resolving the root causes of suffering. One of the unique aspects of Pucci Wellness is their belief in food as medicine. Their approach also includes teaching about healing the gut, filling nutritional deficiencies, and how to use functional nutrition to heal chronic illnesses. Dr. Pucci, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: I love this topic of morning routines because they're so often overlooked in our therapeutic recommendations, and there are so many aspects to the benefits of a morning routine. And I'm wondering, Dr. Pucci, what are some of your favorite reasons for advocating a morning routine for your patients?
0: Yeah, you know, um, back in past January, I did a uh, week-long challenge with uh, with patients Uh, It was about weight loss, but it really was more about health and well-being. Uh, And during that process, getting a lot of call-ins, and everybody wanted to know what my routine was, (laughs) what my (laughs) daily routine was with supplements, nutritional lifestyle stuff, and that's what that kind of was birthed out of. And, you know, really what I talked about is a few different things. That, you know, most people kind of get up in the day, and they just react, right? What's the first thing they do? They grab their cell phone, they check emails, and they kind of get rushing around. The kids are running around doing different things. And they haven't really started their day in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the first things that I, that I do and I told people, p- patients to do is a process called creating, creating your day. Mm. People are like, what do you mean by create your day? I say, like, well, most people kind of get up and the day just happens to them. They just become more, they react to the events of the day, right? Rather than creating the day that they want. So some people might say, well, they like to meditate, which is fine. I mean, you can put whatever kind of language you want on it. But my idea is that you get up for a few minutes and you just think about the day that as it unfolds and how you want to create that day and all the different experiences that you want to have. And the more vivid you can make it, the more, the more that you can apply emotions to what you're creating okay, the more it'll unfold into itself.
1: Yeah. It's like a neural networking, right? Like it's like creating a frame for what we want to unfold as opposed to, as you said, just letting it happen to us. Yeah. So
0: you're creating the day, you're creating the emotion behind the experience. And then the caveat is if you can actually then feel gratitude for it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if in that moment of gratitude, what you're saying by feeling gratitude for it is you're saying that it has already happened. So yeah. in a way, it kind of presents itself. That's how I kind of like to try to get started. The second thing I always talk about really is hydration. I mean, it is so, so, so key, right? And yeah. so what I do when I get up in the day is I definitely, before I have coffee or anything, is I get about 24 ounces of purified water, right? And I put some lemon juice in it, and I like to say, hey, if I'm drinking water, why not make a water tonic? And so I'll put in like some magnesium powder and some liquid yep. B vitamins and some other goodies. And make like a great tonic and start with some supplementations and you know, kind of off I go.
1: I love that. I love that. My morning routine is so important to me. I don't know how I would function if I didn't have that all set. And it, it includes a number of things, but done, you know, they don't take too much time. It's really not having to wake up too much earlier to no, get those no, no. things in.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, the other thing too, and I also, is that what we don't think about is how that impacts the microbiome,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because we all know that the, the, well, maybe they don't know, but you know, we, how, do, know. we, know, we do know how important <laughs> the microbiome is, but the microbiome, the, the a healthy microbiome feeds with circadic rhythms, right? So the circadic yes. rhythm. So, you know, part of establishing a routine, right, is also encouraging the growth of healthy bacteria. Yeah, if, and if vice you, if, versa
1: with that it, sleep and the bacteria.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's such an important part, too. So I think of it in, that, in regards as to improving my uh, my gut microbiome, right? Which, again, as you know, right, the microbiome is connected to everything. So the hormones and neurotransmitters. I mean, every aspect. So just having some routine in your life, you know, pays huge dividends.
1: Yeah. And it's a huge part of that stress resilience sector, like helping to create the resilience that we have to carry us through the day. I'm wondering if you've looked into some of our ancestry and did people previously have what now we have to build in and it was maybe just more natural or a, more of a part of the I mean I'm assuming routine in general was more established for people who are ancestors than it is today
0: well yeah sure i mean obviously you know if, if you talk about ancestors i mean they basically like farmers right they they lived by the the day night right. rhythms Yeah, they ate accordingly and slept accordingly and uh, had rituals and stuff. And now we have the invention of the light bulb, but unfortunately we have, you know, we're up to all hours of the night and it's, you know, it's, uh, you you know, the the brain doesn't understand these things, right? So those, those lights stimulates the stress hormone cortisol, right? Your, your, your fight or flight hormone. That's why we have more cortisol at night than we should. And that creates a disruption in these hormone circadian rhythms
1: yes yeah, so the hormone in the balance and then the neurohormones too i love i was reading an article of yours that will link in the show notes why our brains love routine
0: mm-hmm.
1: why do our brains love routine
0: again is is that there's a direct connection between the gut and the brain right there's the gut brain mm-hmm. access You know, we often forget that, but but it's, you know, I was just speaking to a patient very earlier, and, you know, she's been to, I don't know how many different doctors, and I always kind of kid and say, you know, there's a lot of, in the medical world, even though we need them for certain reasons, but there's a lot of ologists. Right. Right. You have a rheumatologist, you have a gastroenterologist yep. with a gut problem, you've got a endocrinologist for the hormone problem, you got a cardiologist for the heart problem, and you all have sort of tunnel vision, they're all kind of seeing their own department. And yes. so your gastroenterologist, if you have anxiety and depression and mood and behavior issues, uh, you know, your gastroenterologist isn't making any connection there, they're just ruling out a disease. Right? But they're not looking at the ecosystem. So again, we have this gut to brain crosstalk. You know, and it's always like, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it really doesn't matter, right? So it doesn't matter if the brain is dysregulating, then the gut's going to dysregulate. If the gut's dysregulating, the brain's going to dysregulate. So by setting your circadian rhythms, I mean, you're nurturing both, both parts of that. Wait, yeah so that's really the thing there yeah
1: yeah and routine kind of takes us to some notion of habit change and of course that's what a part of what we're all working with therapeutically mm-hmm. that people have to change their habits and i know you know something like flossing every day i don't even think about anymore it was when my husband was sick with his brain mm-hmm. tumor when he was alive and he had medications that he was taking that were deteriorating some of the consumer in his teeth, some of the collagen. And so mm-hmm. he became obsessed with, you know, making sure he flossed his teeth every day. And when he passed away, his brother and I were like, okay, we're going to floss our, t-. like, that's one of our tributes. We floss our teeth every single day. And that's, you know, nearly 20 years. I don't even think about it anymore, but recently I got eye drops. I had to put in my eyes mm-hmm. with a routine mm-hmm. at night and I can't, I'd say I'm, I'm towards 90% of the time. So do you know any of the research or how we talk about making those changes that do become routine? I love that you talked about a challenge because that's one way to do it. We're doing it together as a community. But let yeah. we get over that hump between I've never done this before and this is routine.
0: Well, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, it's the it, the actions and the doing, though, right? I mean, in neur- in the neurological world in functional medicine, just in neurology, right? We know we have we call a plasticity. Uh, so we have a you know a pool of neurons that the more that you do something repetitively, your neurons literally grow, the axons grow, and they reach out to neighboring neurons. And the more that, and if you continue doing it, you you get more neurons pooling together with other neurons, and so you get a larger pool of neurons that are now firing efficiently with that practice. That's why it gets easier and easier and easier. And then what happens is that, you know, as these neurons are, this larger pool of neurons are connecting, is you begin to release those neurotransmitters. And then you keep, as you repeat the flossing of your teeth, is you keep secreting or releasing the same neurotransmitter in that same neural pool. And so you get very proficient, and that's how you create that habit. Right.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so even if you have like an old habit, this even happens with people who have like, you know, cognitive decline is that what you can do is by doing something new is you can literally grow neurons to reach around dead neurons and make new connections again. Uh, the question is like how often or how many times you have to do something repetitively for that to happen. So it all depends upon the stimulation. Right. But a good, ru- a good rule of thumb is at least 30 days mm-hmm. right? to, to get, mm-hmm. to get started. I did my own personal challenge back in March. Uh, I was you know, not getting to the gym the way that I used to. Uh, and I was you know, putting on a couple extra pounds that I didn't want. And I just said, i got to do something here. And I kind of got inspired looking at some things on YouTube. And I decided to challenge myself in my own exercise. So I said, every single day for the month of March, I'm going to do 100 push-ups. And I'm going to do uh, four sets of high intensity. So that's what I did. I did like, uh, I would get up and I would do... 30 seconds of high intensity exercise and get down to do 25 push-ups, take a breather and repeat that four times. And I did do it for the for the full 31 days of March. I was like, great. And then it's like, well, I did that. So now what am I going to do? Just stop? I said, no, well, let me continue into the month right. of April. Right. And I'm just going to bump it up a little bit. So I went to five sets and five sets of push-ups. And that's what I've been doing. Now we're here. I did May and I did the same thing in May. So now I got myself going into this routine that I don't want to break it. Right. And certainly right. I've lost the, lost the weight, I'm seeing the benefits of it and I want to kind of build off of that.
1: Yeah, my boyfriend was just saying to me that this week hits his 30 year mark of going to the gym regularly. Uh-huh. And he said, I've hated it every day, but I wouldn't give it up, right? So it doesn't mean that we necessarily love doing the thing that we're doing. But like you said, we love the results. And so we do start to develop this like adoration or love for the practice.
0: Yeah. And like, and like, your, like your boyfriend is saying is that he's going all, all this time. And it's like, that's how I tell people. It's like, even if you go for 20 minutes, yes. The key is to go because you keep that momentum going, that rhythm going, that pattern going, right? It's a lot easier to say, I only have 20 minutes. What am I going to do in 20 minutes and then not go? And then the next day it becomes another excuse and then another excuse and another excuse, right? So the key is a little bit, but consistent. A little bit, but consistent. That's why even with people, when you start your daily routines, they tell people, well, you're doing products and nutrition, right? If you can just... You know, do something small in the very part beginning of your day that's positive for yourself. You're going to feel better about yourself. Right? It doesn't take a whole lot, but do it every day.
1: Yes, and then we don't even have to think about it, right? Like it just happens. Like it just sort of is what you do.
0: It is what you do, right? And it, and it and it builds onto other things too, right? So if you're going to the gym and you're exercising, you're putting that effort in, right? Then you're not going to want to squat it by eating a pro-inflammatory diet, right? You're going to say, well, I put this effort in here. I'm going to also eat better and support that. So one sort of begets the other.
1: Right. Right. And breakfast too can be part of the morning routine, like what's included or what you reach for that can become routine. And that element of choice actually is less stressful. Sometimes too much choice can provide stress that sets up the day in the wrong direction.
0: That's right. You know, a lot of people and uh, talk about intermittent fasting.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all We've over been the internet. we been talking a lot about it it's and the, the, picking yeah. it apart from different directions. Yeah.
0: I mean, you yeah, know, there's a lot of, you know, supportive research that does tell you there's a lot of good benefit to it. There's no doubt about it. But the question is, is it right for everyone? Exactly and the answer is absolutely not right. So it still becomes an individual thing And it's a tool you yes. can use but I always tell people like you know and I see in my practice I see a lot of people with that are hypoglycemic. So uh, yes, you know You don't want to say, if you're hypoglycemic you do not intermittent fasting is not your friend, right? So we need right. you to be eating breakfast You need to eat breakfast within the first hour yet you get up and what are you eating right? Also, we don't want what you're eating to support hypoglycemia. So you have to have protein So again, there is your your routine, right? So in the morning when you first get up up. if you can do you create your day and you get hydrated and within that hour you have a little bit of protein okay I don't even care if you screw up the rest of the day <laughs> you know yeah you got that out of the you gate going the right way yeah yeah, yeah. And you want to just build momentum on it so if you can just can you commit to it for a week great now can you commit to it for 30 days let's go let's challenge it and then get the support mechanisms around you try to get your spouse or your boyfriend involved right so the community is, is a supportive environment so those are always great things.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So should we share our morning routines? Do You shared a little bit, but can you give us a little play-by-play of your morning routine? Well,
0: yeah. Well, that's kind of it. I get up play- playfully here. I used to have four dogs, but down to one dog. And this one dog, which <laughs> yep. we rescued, is a pit. And back last June, as a matter of fact, a year ago, June, she was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Uh, surprisingly, out of nowhere. And uh, she had to have her front leg amputated. So she's a three-legged dog. And... <laughs> Uh, but it's a blessing. I mean, she's here a year, longer than we expected. So every morning when I get up there, after I get my head into a little bit of my my day, I have to spend a little time with her and just feel mm-hmm. really uh, grateful that she's still here and I can enjoy her and just brings me so much joy. Then I get started with my, my water. I do the water that I just told you about, the lemon. And I put some magnesium powder in things, and things. I take a handful of supplements that I get started with. Then I go outside. I get a little air and a little sunlight first mm-hmm. uh, for a few minutes. And then I come back in and I might have a cup of coffee. Now, here's another little crazy thing I shared with people is making the bed. I know this sounds silly, but it was yep. years ago. It was many, many years ago. I was at a seminar and a presenter was this monk. Um, and he was going on some different ideas and philosophies. And he was talking about making your bed. He said, not because you want the bedroom to be neat. He said, but it was it's closure. When you make your bed, what you're doing is you're closing the sleep from the night before and you're opening up for the new day. Yep. I never forgot that. Right. So I was like, that's part of it. So I never really get out of the house to do anything until I make that bed. And I feel like okay, I'm closing that. And now I'm getting ready to start my new day. And then I do that. Then because now it's a new environment for me with COVID is my office hours are completely different. So I still do a lot of studying, even though I'm in practice 30 years and I'm in functional medicine for almost 12, 13 years at this point, I'm still in neurological programs. I'm still in immunological programs. So um, I spend a good, you know, maybe about an hour and a half to two hours studying in the morning, reviewing classes and different things. I'm always learning new stuff uh, yep. and seeing how I can apply that with the people that I'm working with. I'm kind of, oh God, I wish I knew now what I knew then. Totally. And then I do my exercise routine, whether I do it at home or I rather get to the gym and do it that way. And I pretty much do that on an everyday basis. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Much I love it. Yeah. Um I'll run through mine, and you can you can yeah, tell me, think of mine, but you just you just gave me yeah. some ideas. So I wake up and uh, I first take my compounded thyroid medication, then I make the bed, always. Uh, I then scrape my tongue, brush my teeth, come downstairs, feed the cat, put the kettle on very low. I then go up, change clothes, exercise, usually some weight-bearing exercise just for 10 minutes. And that's where I feel like if I try to make that exercise longer instead of my later in the day exercise, I won't do it. But 10 minutes I can commit to. I then shower, do my healthy skincare. I then sit in my room. I actually pull a tarot card every morning just to kind of give me like a download, like where am I going? I meditate for 10 to 12 minutes. Then I try to listen to something podcast or something or read something inspirational, something to kind of get me in the wider frame out of the realm of, you know, just the science into the more uh, philosophical or spiritual or really inspirational Mm -hmm. realm. And it isn't until then that I come down, I make my tea, I take my supplements. I love that you talked about a tonic. I love putting mushrooms in my water and the yeah, yeah, vitamins. Yeah. And that's a great way for me to even take my other supplements with that kind of tonic. And my breakfast is pretty much always the same. Like I don't need to think about, I always have my matcha green tea. Like there's things I just do regularly to get that protein, that fat, that fiber in, in the morning. Um, right. if I intermittent fast, I'm a start eating in the morning stop eating earlier person. That's my realm. So I do love breakfast and it gets me going for the day. So I think it's just good to share like, what are the things we do? And honestly, I don't have to wake up that much earlier to do all that because I chunked it down and said, you know, a few seven to 10 minute things versus an hour long workout.
0: Yeah, you're more likely to do it. Uh, yes. I told my wife the exact same thing. She wanted, she was admiring what I was doing, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to get started, I'm going to get started, I'm going to get started. I'm like, the best thing to do is just to start, right? But start, do it. Just don't make a big project out of it. Just do a little bit so you just did it and do a little bit tomorrow a little bit tomorrow. You're going to feel better about yourself, and that'll encourage you to do a little bit more. I also think what you said was really cool about like just listening to some inspiring things because you know, we live in a world that we get such access to information. People don't really pay attention you know, to what's kind of coming in subliminally, right? And we're hearing so many things whether it's the news or just things, I don't want I don't Facebook and whatever on that. But, you know, yeah, but if you have to really today, you have to really make time and say, hey, I want to pay attention, cognizantly be choice choosing what is coming in. And, you know, if we can set our tone in our day that way, right, the rest of it kind of falls into a better place.
1: Yeah, and life can be yeah. stressful. So those reframes yeah. help us all the time.
0: If I have to be, if I want to be the best practitioner that I can be for the patient base that I have. Yes. And the only way I can do that is I have to be at my best. Exactly. <laughs> so if I'm not doing these things, there's no way that I can come to the table and be at a hundred percent for the patients that I'm dealing with. Right. Um, so, so well said. I have to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation, for sharing some of your personal favorites and how you inspire those around you to develop a morning routine. I know this is cool. going to be helpful for so many coaches and clinicians.
0: Yeah. Great. Cool.
1: The 15 Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15 Minute Matrix is produced, mixed and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.